0: all right guys it's about that time chris brooks here with you on another edition of the rebels 247 podcast part of the 247 sports network and inside the rebels hope you guys are having a good morning wherever you are what is today is it tuesday yeah i think it's tuesday june the 14th as we just keep trucking along here through the summer Day by day, getting a little bit closer to football season. We'll be here before you know it. But before we get there, it's not like we don't have plenty of stuff to do right now. As your Rebels get ready for the College World Series and an opening game with Auburn. Who saw that coming? I swear, the the more we get into this season and how this thing is shaping up, uh, you know, I'm looking at something here on the board uh, from Draylius. And it's just to the point starting to think that this is a, a team of destiny. And, uh, and what are the, the chances of that? I don't know. When you start looking back at the last, I don't know, maybe month, six weeks of the season, I can't remember a year when Ole Miss got more of the breaks than they're getting right now. And even the College World Series, the way it's setting up, it's just, it's a, it's kind of a different, it's a different setup in terms of the teams that are in this. I mean, it is wide open, starting to think this team has a date with destiny. And, and I'm pulling this up here real quick just to make sure I, I get this bracket right. They start with Auburn. Do you remember when Ole Miss opened the season with Auburn? Like, feels like it was about three seasons ago when the season got open, and uh, it was one. It was kind of a wild series, weird scores, you know, that kind of a thing. A lot of runs, and Ole Miss had no idea what they were doing in terms of rotation, um, what the bullpen was like. I mean, they just didn't. They didn't have any idea weren't in any kind of place where anything was settled. And the scores back then ended up going 13 to 6. And this was all on the road. Ole Miss wins the opener. Remember, then they dropped the second one 19 to 5. And then they win the third game 15 to 2. So just a weird, weird series. Just a weird series. And uh, and also back then Auburn didn't look like they were going to be great. Didn't look like it was going to be a great Auburn team. And now, you know, a couple of months later, I guess, yeah, about two months later, that was March 17, 18, 19. And uh, now almost three months later, we get ready for the NCAA tournament, and our opening game is going to be Saturday, uh, June the 18th, one o'clock against, um, excuse me, six o'clock against Auburn. Auburn ends up 42-20. and for the season, Ole Miss right now 37 and 22. Ole Miss has the fewest wins of anybody in the tournament. That's, that's, I'm just thinking, thinking out loud here. They get into the tournament and get into the regional as the last at large team. And of course, they get in there. But then in their half of the bracket, officially they are in bracket two. You have Stanford and Arkansas on the other side of this thing. Then you have Auburn and Ole Miss on the the top bracket, bracket one. Texas A&M and Oklahoma square off. And Texas and Notre Dame. And look, all of these teams are quality teams. Everybody has 40 wins. Um, The team that we had the most trouble with was Texas A&M not too long ago. But, I mean, Oklahoma – Texas as a power. Notre Dame, I love the way Notre Dame plays. They're 40 and 15, so I haven't played quite as many games as some of these other teams. I love how Notre Dame plays. And, of course, they knocked out Tennessee. So, hey, congratulations, Fighting Irish. One of the only times in my life that I will ever, ever pull for Notre Dame was when they did that to Tennessee. Um, I I can appreciate brash play I can appreciate playing with an edge and and all of those things. I mean, I don't I don't mind it at all. It's not necessarily my cup of tea, but uh, but I can I respect players that play like that, that play hard. Uh Tennessee is a step ahead of that. And two three steps ahead of that. Just too much. Way too much. Hubris. That's uh, one thing to be confident. It's a one I don't I almost said it in a way I shouldn't say. It's another thing to be something else. Like that just I've never seen something bring people together like pulling against Tennessee baseball. You could go on social media on Twitter and everybody had their fingers crossed for Notre Dame to knock out Tennessee. For one, Tennessee was dominant and yeah, they'd be the they'd be the favorite if they were in there. But man, just the way they play. They get knocked out, Notre Dame does it, and I do think Notre Dame playing at Mississippi state last year in that environment, which is it's as good as you're going to get anywhere. Yeah. I think that helped prepare them for what they got at Tennessee, but Notre Dame just comes at you. So I was happy to see, uh, I was happy to see that, but none of those teams are teams that old Miss can't beat, including obviously this Auburn team, because we took two or three from them to start the year when we, we didn't get off to a good start. And, and Auburn is is obviously a much different team also. Now, look, I do want to talk some about the, the College World Series on here today. That has to happen. I do want to mention Bryson Sanders. Ole Miss gets a big commitment from him yesterday. What exactly are they getting with him? Uh, that's a big-time, big-time offensive line prospect. He'll be a senior this year, a 2023 kid out of Tennessee. From Chattanooga, to be exact. But Ole Miss had to beat some teams to get him. And uh, 6'5", 280-pound kid. He's coming in as the the number four player in the state of Tennessee. Number 253 overall nationally. We have him number 215 by 247 Sports. And amongst interior offensive linemen, um, he's ranked as the number eight player in the country. Like, this is a solid, no doubt, four-star kind of kid that only adds to a class that's kind of shaping up. Now I say that even though there's not many commitments here, right? Like, there's not a whole lot committed for this class. There's four guys, but we're not taking a whole lot of high school guys. That's just, look, it's the day and age that we're living in, in recruiting. And, uh, and I'm telling y'all, this is not just going to be for football. I'm seeing it more for baseball and maybe it's also because I can see a firsthand look of it, what the transfer portal is doing. Um, the transfer portal is killing high school recruiting. And But you just, you have to retrain your brain. Like for instance, my kid, Connor gets, he's, he's all state in 6A. And uh, for all public schools, he's all, he's all state. A lot of years, he'd already have some offers that he wants. And he's waiting for SEC, Southern Miss, LaTex, you know, places like that, that that win and have real shot to play in regionals. Most years, he'd already have a spot. You have to look at this differently now. If you're a football player, if you're a a baseball player, whatever player. On that end of it, you can't look for a place really that's developing. Yeah, there's some development that's happening. But in your mind, you have to think along these lines. When I'm ready to play and get on the field at that level, somebody will come get me. And for, like, my kid, it'll likely, unless something happened this summer, that'll likely be junior college for him now. Go get ready for the next level in junior college. If you are ready, if Connor shows up somewhere next year, you know, consistent sitting 92, 93, 94, and looks like there's SEC stuff already there, then somebody will get him. You're not bringing a lot of those kids in to develop them a couple years down the road. It's just too far. That's what's happening with, with every sport. So sitting here with four and it's four solid ones. Centurion Perkins, four-star guy, Bryson Sanders, four-star guy, Marcel Reed. I think Marcel, he's a three-star in the composite. Um, I'm almost positive. I'm going to pull it up real quick that we have him as a four with two, four, seven. Yeah, we have him as a four. And then Daniel Demery safety out of Texas, a three-star guy. And, is Dim Demery, I don't think he was four. I think he was three in both. Yeah, three-star in both. So you're sitting here with four. It's only going to be probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a dozen. So you're looking at a dozen commitments whenever you we get done with this thing. So, yeah, four and four solid guys is a good start. Now, a couple of things that Bryce Sanders did say, that he encountered a whole lot of negative recruiting for Ole Miss just with the age of offensive line coach Jake Thornton uh Charlie Weiss Jr., both of those guys being 29, 30 years old. Uh, but for him, that was a positive. Getting to play for somebody a little bit younger and maybe connect with him a little bit more, that was a that was a positive thing for him. But Ole Miss picks that up yesterday. And of course, you know, Jaden Rashada and uh, the announcement there is coming up soon. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Um there's always something happening in recruiting. Uh, I always mispronounce this name um how would you pronounce t-a-w-f-i-q then his last name is byard b-y-a-r-d Ole miss makes his top five i never get his name right i'm gonna need somebody to pronounce that one for me but almost makes his top five i get on twitter this morning and i'm noticing another young kid uh, i was surprised that he had a, a social media edit already out here his first six schools it's a it's a young kid out of Tupelo, uh, Jarrell McCoy, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Utah, Alcorn, and Faulkner University. He's a twenty twenty six, so we're talking about a kid going into his freshman year, huge defensive line kid. I think I'm going to pull it up just to make sure. I think Jarrellan is about six 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 five something like that six seven. He put six seven two forty five on his on his social media. Class of twenty six, defensive end. Uh, So that's a kid on your radar if you're into recruiting four years down the road. But, yeah, I I know who he is. I've seen him. Uh, This will be his first year playing at Tupelo. He was on the varsity, I think, last year. Some as an eighth grader. I had to pull up his numbers, see if he actually really got any, any time on the field. But you get his first six. But whenever I pull up social media, there's always something going. Always something going. But what is Ole Miss's chances in the College World Series? As we get a little bit closer to uh, this weekend, which games start Friday for bracket one, and then Ole Miss will be in bracket two starting on Saturday. Ole Miss, amongst the four games to open this thing, they'll be the last one uh, against Auburn. So they'll already know from earlier in the day who the the next opponent would be should they win, Stanford or Arkansas. And, of course, with Stanford, you get the chance to, uh, to see Braden Montgomery. I put this on the board yesterday. I actually had a chance last year to see Braden Montgomery. Everybody's familiar with him at Stanford, just killing it, pitcher and an outfielder. Had a chance to see Madison Central play Tupelo in the North State Championship. Talking about as good a high school matchup as you're ever going to see between those two guys. Ends up being a Madison Central win, two to nothing. Hunter Elliott goes the distance, he strikes out 10. The only runs, two solo home runs he gave up. Um, Braden also went the distance. He struck out 12 through a shutout. But an awesome environment in Madison Central, two big time arms on the mound. You could tell both of those guys back then. Like they were going somewhere. So we get uh, we get those two maybe matched up again. And Braden's been used as a closer this year, predominantly for Stanford and had a great year. But um uh, I don't know who I'd favor in that game, the Stanford or or Arkansas. Both of them are playing well. I mean, who knows? Everybody's playing well at this time of the year. All of the eight teams that got here had big wins. There's been a lot of drama, all of that kind of stuff. Everybody. So does Ole Miss have a shot? I'm looking at this bracket, and the thing is wide open. But I know you guys hate this, the whole it's baseball thing, but it really is. So at this point, you're just hoping that you get some breaks. I wouldn't look at the 37-22 record. It really doesn't matter. There's not a team in there that Ole Miss can't beat. And especially the way their frontline starters have been going lately with Delucia, with Elliott. There's nobody that they can't match up with and beat right out of the gate. And this is giving a lot of respect to Southern Miss. Those two arms that they started this weekend that didn't matter, are about as good as you're going to find. Like, that was that was legit. Swinging the bats against those two guys, that was – that should give you an indication if you didn't already know how this lineup is swinging it right now. They won't see much better than that. Playing well at the right time. They just need a couple of breaks. Could they do something this year in Omaha and go on a run here? Remember the last time, what a we finish. Third? And how, how do I not remember that? Seems like that, yeah. Maybe we could do something. Man, I'm going to enjoy it, though. Just have to get through the week, get to Saturday, and see what happens. All right, you guys have a great week. Enjoy the rest of your day. This is Chris Brooks on the Rebels 247 Podcast. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.